Well, hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing tremendous. And I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, and positive intent. Prayers your way to you, your family, and your friends. Wishing you all the best. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have my two incredible friends on, Dr. Bear Paul Lando and Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Uh, I always love sitting down with them and I like uh, bringing them together to just talk about solutions and hope and what's going on in the world. So... In this episode, we cover a lot of different things. We talk about why Dr. Bear is optimistic moving forward, the hierarchy of intelligence behind our realm, uh, interbeing the middle way, uh, why there is nowhere but in natural coherence, uh, why we aren't telepathic but can learn it, uh, learning to see through the eyes of spirit, the work of Rudolf Steiner and William Reich, uh, MK Ultra Mind Control, the Century of Self Documentary, the work of Darren Brown, NLP, uh, Biogeometry, the work of Walter Russell, the universe uh, giving us signs and scenarios, uh, the importance of ether in science, and oh, sorry, the universe is a give give scenario, um, and why we don't need government. So, we cover a lot of ground in this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, please share this episode far and wide. Uh, censorship and what's going on in Canada now is absolutely incredible. They are now currently seizing bank accounts. So if you want to support this show, please uh, go to mattbelair.com and become a member by donation or support however you can, because this has become a very serious situation. I knew that it was coming, but uh, we are here now living in it. And uh, some other bank accounts are frozen just by uh, because of supporting the Ottawa Convoy or donating through Give, Send, Go and any variety of reasons. So Canada is full on tyranny and they are rolling it out heavily. And the only thing that's going to stop this is the people. The government is not a solution. The people have to uh, decide that they are not going to go along with this and follow orders. That's our only way out now. So, um, but we did say, send a signal to the world and Canada to let them know what our government is capable of and how absolutely clown show it is. And they do not represent the people. So it's a very serious situation here in Canada. Um, and if you want to support the show and the work, please do what you can, um, for those of you guys who want to learn more about the programs on, you know, uncovering fear and um, responding to what's happening, uh, check out the Soul Compass course, check out the Quantum Heart Hypnosis. And if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me and we work on limiting beliefs, shaping our reality, or even responding, that's what I'm working with a lot of people on is, okay, accessing the dangers of what's going on and how do we respond in a meaningful way? Because some people have had to quit their jobs and maneuver. And there's always a solution when we get clear. The universe will always support us in a path of uh, peace and not harming our fellow man. It just might, means you might have to wrap your head around not complying. So you might have to quit that job. And a lot of good teachers, good police officers, good doctors, good nurses have uh, stopped their positions because they knew it was wrong. And so that's step one. And then we build the future. And I've seen a lot of beautiful synergies and working with a lot of different people on how the universe has responded to make sure that they are taken care of. You might not have the exact same things as before. You might have to give up some stuff, but there is a solution when you really just want to live in spirit, live in God, live in the right way to do things because we all know the difference between right and wrong. So if you want to work with me, uh, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching, check out some of the programs or uh, if you want to do some group stuff or anything like that, just hit me up there. And uh, the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts of kindness wherever you are in the world. Um, I definitely tell people to be more optimistic because now we know what we're dealing with and we can respond accordingly. I think the reason why they got so far is because people are pretending it's not as bad as it is and pretending that these people have our best interests at heart. Now we know that. Now we can respond 
powerfully with the right knowledge and, and understanding of what we're up against. It says something in the art of war. It's like if you know yourself and you know your enemy, never uh, you don't have to fear the result of a thousand battles. And that's what people are waking up to is what our enemy is. So I'm very optimistic, um, but I'm also going to be strategic with the way that I am playing this and have to uh, stay close to homes, close to family. And so that's what's going on with me and my world and uh, really just making sure my daughter and my family are going to be okay as this resolves and it will resolve. Pe people will win. Spirit will win because it is still consent based. Uh, this thing, uh, you know, I even talked to somebody who got one of the, they have a story of their brother uh, getting the jab. And I said, you know, it's, it's all consent based. And they wrote under, under duress or under coercion. And they spent a half an hour on the phone seeing whether they were allowed to give them the shot or not, because uh, you know, this is all consent based. And in the end, they actually did give him the shot, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it just shows you that you do need consent here. So only sign your name to something that you understand and, and don't uh, comply with these tyrants in the best way you can. And just have hope, hope and faith in your heart because this is a spiritual war and uh and there's a lot of beautiful powerful kind people who do not want tyranny and that's the groups of people that we're going to build this new solution with and uh so there's millions of us out there all over the world uh so i could rant forever uh there's a lot of stuff that i i want to do and uh as, as far as this news and everything else but um let's just keep it here for the for the episode if you want to find my stuff get on the email list go to the telegram it's the best way to support i did start a tiktok it's not censored yet i think it's at matt belair or matthew belair i don't know look on my link tree or my links you'll find it but that's it let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in here uh so just taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment love and faith and courage and inner knowing and connection and get ready to enjoy this absolutely amazing episode with dr lando and dr edith ubuntu chan Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. As uh, today, we have two incredible guests for you. Our first guest, Dr. Bear Paul Lando, has over a 40-year career as a bioterrain physician and the formulator for Alpha Vedic. Our second guest, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan, is the best-selling author of Super Wellness, Become Your Best Healer. These two are my friends. They're highly intelligent. They've been on the show before. So I'm just excited to dive in because they always make me feel better. Welcome back to the show, uh, Dr. Lando and Dr. Chan. Nice to see you guys. So awesome to be back. I love every opportunity to chat with you guys. Yeah, and you've got your, your daughter there and it's her birthday, right? Yeah, um, it's kind of emotional for me because, oh, let's, let's give her to Baba. Bye, honey. <laughs> Two years ago at this hour, we were just doing a cord burning ceremony for her because she was, she was born. Um, yeah, it was this, like, it's, it's hard for me to talk about it without crying because it's been such an intense two years, you know, you have this beautiful birth and, and her first two years of life were just nuts. Like, I don't know how to like um, candy coat it. It's just, it's been a nuts two years. And so it's, it's 
her birthday is bringing back all of this like nostalgia and memories and so many sensations, so many feelings about, you know, what is the future of this planet? What is her life going to be like growing up? I have so many emotions. So forgive me if I start bursting into tears because it's a very emotional day for me. Well, you know, I think you bring up an important topic right away because before we got on here, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, I appreciate you both because you see what's going on. You're aware of it, um, but you don't live in fear. You live in the solutions, but you're also not in the category of everything is hunky dory. We're, we're just moving into 5D and all we need to do is just, you know, sit there and it's all taken care of. You know, I feel like there's this middle way with all of these ideas and my daughter's too as well. And what craziness, you know, from the start of that and, and as a parent, you get concerned. And one of the things I was talking to my friend, uh, actually Rob Edward, who started a podcast, and I think maybe Bear was on there or something. I'm sure his, his podcast has started off really strong, but we were just talking about the idea that, you know, it's a really challenging time to be alive and it's so uncertain moving forward. And when you have a, a son or a daughter, uh, it's, it's like, it's such a weakness in a sense, like I'm okay with myself. I'm a, I, you know, I can be whatever's going to happen. I can handle it. But now I've got this vulnerability. That's like, I'll do anything for this thing. And I just want them to be safe, but I don't want them to have any kind of harm, you know, and it's, it's so vulnerable. And so the future is, is uncertain for sure. And I guess we could start with that when we have kids, you know, what do you guys think about moving forward in a positive way? Are you really optimistic? Are you negative? Do you think we're going to come through or, uh, how do you guys feel about that? And I'll go to Dr. Bear first and give and let, give Dr. E a break and then let her come in. Okay. Well, hey, first, thanks, Matt. And and wow, Dr. Edith and Matt, it, it really doesn't get better than this. It's uh, such a fantastically fun way to spend my morning here. Um, you know, I'm I'm 100% optimistic. And just like in the practice of medicine, you realize when you take on somebody who's got some chronic condition and maybe even considered life-threatening, uh, when you start treating, all the crud comes to the surface. And uh, it almost looks like they're getting worse before they get better. But with a little practice, you realize, wow, they really are getting better. And that's what we're seeing on the planet right now. Uh, you know, everything's out in the open. And that's a good thing. And some of us, uh, you know, my kids, by the way, are in their 40s. And uh, if you think that uh, you're going to feel any different about your kid when they're in their 40s, as you do right now, now it never changes. They're always going to be your babies. You're always going to worry about them and, and, you know, be there for them in the same way. So it's just parenthood. You know, you just don't know it until you do it. And it's just the, the best experience of my life, really. So, yeah, um, you know, right now I'm looking at grandkids and I'm seeing all these amazing kids coming through, um, like Dr. E's there. Um, these kids are different and, you know, they're just, they're just hardwired differently and, and they're coming in. There's light behind the eyes that I can't believe the things, you know, my latest grandchild, a boy is an Aquarian and, uh, and just the things already that he's capable of doing, you know, my granddaughters, you know, nine years old there, uh, which I'm really proud of. They're already shredding in waves and doing floaters. They look like little Kelly Slaters out there. But, you know, they're just very, very wise beyond their years. And I know that this is a time where these incoming souls are the solution. And they are going to be drafting some of the efforts that some of us have done. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that we have to realize is that there is an intelligence and a hierarchy of intelligence behind our realm. And especially in the Western world, it has a very special role to play in the planetary evolution 
um, before they took on certain civilizations and projects on this planet to give all of us incoming souls uh, a chance to, you know, incarnating a chance to, you know, attain the ascension, which is the, the ultimate goal of everybody. They would not have taken this project on if they didn't understand that it was already successful from the start. It cannot fail. It's not up to us. The people that are trying to control us have no power. The only power that they have is what we give them. And as soon as we withdraw our life force from them, they will wither on the vine. And we're seeing uh, through their desperate acts right now that that's in fact what we're seeing. I love that. Dr. E, what do you think? Well, it's true. It's like the old world is already, the house of cards is already falling. And so we just have to... I think, look at ourselves for our, how are we addicted to the drama of having to like fight the man? Like, who are we if we don't have to fight anymore? Who are we? We can just focus on building solutions and peace and harmony and a more beautiful world as our friend Charles always says. You know, like, who are we if we don't engage with that kind of drama anymore to be honest i was um i was going for a hike before this call and i bursted into tears because i you know often when you're in nature all these things start downloading or uploading or whatever and sometimes you're just moved to tears you know and also we had a lot of um rain and cloudy days and the sun came out it was like very emotional for me to see the beauty of nature and the sunshine rising up and and um yeah, there's this, 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 this feeling of, I think some of us have to be burnt out from the fighting and the anger and the divisiveness. And then when you burn out, you realize, hey, that's not even sustainable. I can't keep living like that. And after the burnout, you drop into a state of surrender and so much beauty and abundance and goodness starts rising up when you stop fighting the old and focus on, on your attention on this much more beautiful new reality that we're stepping into. The thing is though, back to our friend Charles, he always talked about this transition from the old consciousness of separation into the new consciousness of interbeing. I love this term, interbeing. You know, this understanding of our unity, our inter is like deeper than interconnectedness. And for some reason, I'm sure I, I don't know that he meant it like that when he describes so beautifully and poetically this transition of old paradigm to new paradigm, somehow in my mind, it conjures up this like smooth and gradual transition from the old world to the new. And it's so, now that we're in it, it's so not smooth. I realized instead of this smooth transition, it's like we are simultaneously hospicing the death of the old and we're midwifing the birth of the new at the same time. And death and birth are both inherently very messy but also both so beautiful, right? If you can stay in your center and witness all of it, it's so beautiful and it stirs up so much um, depth and richness and yeah, a lot of emotions come up, right? So I think I, I'd like to recommend that we all just be gentle with ourselves because these are, it's a lot that we're going through right now. Well, I think- yeah. Dr. Bree, I, I think you're, right over the target. Sorry, Matt, just a quick comment. You know, when you say about 
what is life without trauma from day one we're programmed to deal with problems our entire education is about dealing with problems so what if you wake up one day and there's no problems <laughs> what do you do with yourself i mean that's uh that's a complete consciousness shift there and uh yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up sorry matt go ahead Oh, no, that's okay. I always, always jump in. I prefer listening to you than my own self-talk, um, you know, either of you. Well, I, I think the uh, analogy of childbirth, although obviously I'm a man, I cannot give birth to a child, even though it's so woke these days, apparently. I think that's controversial to say in <laughs> the crazy world we live in, um, but I've, I've gone through that. And also sickness, it shows us like transformation. Childbirth is not an easy, pleasant process as I've observed, or maybe some people have had that, but for the most part, there's a lot of challenge, you know, nine months again, pregnant. Yeah. Dr. E was on the, on the show and she's like, I'm super pregnant right now. <laughs> she's walking around, you know? And so it's a very challenging process, but it's a beautiful process. And on the other side of it, it's the greatest gift you could ever imagine. It's, it's even beyond what you could think. And you guys have uh, multiple kids. So I could only imagine the gift of one. And then the next one, it's the same thing It's like, it's even better and more beautiful and magical than, and profound than you could even imagine, even when you knew kind of what was coming. And so I, I hope that that's the way we're trending. And if I look at kind of this, it's like this AI artificial Luciferian system that it just wants to draw in your attention, right? But when we go to nature and what's natural and harmonic, it feels good, um, right? But it doesn't mean that there aren't these other forces out there. And when I play it all out, and both of us kind of know what the agenda is, where there's certain people want to architect an agenda and they really promote it and use all these screens available to say, this is what's happening. But you go to the top of a mountain or into the forest, you're not hearing any of those screens. If you don't own a TV, you would still have no idea any of this is happening. And you would have been in peace for two years, right? All the tribes, all these different places, or, or even um, you know some of the communities that don't use TV, they probably won't even be aware of it. And so if I play it all out, it doesn't make any sense that these new children are here to suffer. It doesn't make any sense that we have these new kids coming in to just to live a life of suffering. That's kind of like a deep fear I have. And I, and doctor, you talked a little bit about grief and I feel like that's uh, something that's going on for people who are aware of what's happening. They see a grief of people who are a bit lost um, for the society falling and all the pain and, and the things that we're witnessing and this divide and wanting to offer the truth. But a lot of people they don't want that. They don't want to let go of this reality that they're in. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, but do you guys want to comment on that or take it from there? Well, I say, uh, you know, one of the greatest harmonic influences uh, that's happening right now is that they're trying to discourage good people from having kids because they understand that these this new wave of uh, souls incarnating are the solution. And, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, we, you threw out the term Luciferian, you know, Luciferian, uh, you know, is actually uh, an incarnation, you know, in Asia. And, um, and it's uh, really sort of uh, set the inclination for Asian cultures to seek out of body uh, you know, more spiritual, otherworldly experiences. And there's uh, great value to that, of course, but, you know, we need to ground things in because we're here, you know, needing to create our own world. It's not just about trying to be somewhere else. And so that was Luciferian. It's not a guy with devils or, a, you know, horns or anything. And, and then, uh, of course, the second incarnation was uh, the Christ consciousness. And it is a consciousness. 
And um, then the, the third uh, yet to be incarnated, so we're told if you travel in uh, anthroposophical schools and everything is Armand, who's really in the process of, you know, achieving that right now. And of course, that is a destroyer in Chinese medicine. We call that the co-cycle, you know, it's just pure destruction. And of course, some people have uh, gotten on board wholesale with that because they want to see nothing but uh, you know, death, destruction, and, and ugliness, uh, and, and of course, them in total control. The Christ consciousness is right in between the two. It's not trying to be somewhere else. It's about uh, manifesting, but not in the over, overly, you know, AI kind of form that they're trying to take us into the total mechanistic science and medicine that is now destroying the world. It's the Christ consciousness, which is right in between the two. And these incarnating souls are all about that. And so it's really, really important, I think, to really not choose any camp, you know, and, you know, try to just go off and find a guru and escape somewhere. I mean, I'm out in the backwoods, but I'm not here because I'm trying to escape. It's just where I'm supposed to be. If I was supposed to be in the city somewhere, God forbid, you know, I'd, I'd be there. But, um, you know, it's about finding your place and it's about, uh, really finding the middle way, you know, and, and of course, uh, Matt, I know you have a background in the martial arts and, and I have too, and it's all about finding that middle way. It's about, yeah, being tapped in, you know, behind the veil, but also being here and now and with the Christ consciousness, uh, you know, manifesting the beauty that was the, the intention from the very start. And, uh, you know, the creator did not create all the stuff that you know happened here. That was our own free will experimentation, and I think a lot of us have learned better from it. You know, as I um as I listen to you talk, Bear, I get a geometry light show. <laughs> it's like I <laughs> listen to you talk all day because I have I don't know if it's synesthesia, whatever term, and or just being a multidimensional human. It's just like see geometries and colors and shapes, and it's like. Is, is magnificent. It's like this beautiful um, art show. Um, but as you're talking, the, what, what it brought up for me is that so many of us, our lives are backed into a corner where it forces you to see where you've been out of balance in your life. So when you're back in the corner, you realize there's no way out. It's like a cheesy saying, there's no way out but in. But what does that mean? It means actually really finding our center, like head, heart, belly, hands, feet. You lock into your center and you realize, wow, where have I not been in my center in my life? And when you're not here, when you're busy, like out there minding other people's business externally focused, you're actually not even home. Right. So if you're not here, all these different energies and forces, they're like, oh, nobody's here. I'll take that over. So you you wonder why your life is kind of a big hot mess is because you're literally not home within yourself. So energetically, I see everything in terms of energy patterns. And it's like this messy thing where you're out of your body, like out here, distracted, like up in other people's business, get, getting yanked in all these directions. And then some other energy, sometimes it's just like messy energy. Sometimes it's literally entities, right? That start taking over this space. 
So the work right now is literally come home to ourselves, come back to our center. And when you first come back to your center, come home to yourself, you start to realize, oh shit, like there's all these mixed energies here. I have to purge and detox and do a lot of inner work right now. But the good news is when you're back in your center, in your balance, then there's, there's this saying that people are like, hold the line, hold the line, right? Right now in the freedom movement, it's like, well, instead of holding the line, maybe we should just hold our center. When you hold your center, the line holds itself, right? Like that you, you actually hold your center and you have an energy field that is centered and stable and it can't be penetrated. I'm preaching to the choir with like athletes and martial arts people, but this is energetically so important right now. And then what happens if, if people try to be all up in your business, because you're holding your center, there's no way for that energy to penetrate. And then the people go, oh shoot, I can't be all up in your business. They're not responding. Hmm. I guess I'll go elsewhere and vampire somebody else's energy, or I better come back to my center. See, through the law of resonance, like you're in your center, you walk into a space, it just kind of like invites everybody to click back into their center. And then imagine a world where everybody's minding their own business, like literally and energetically. What a much more healthy world we'd have. And then this whole thing about like unity, people are so confused out there about what unity means. It doesn't mean one size fit allness or sameness or like, you know, like these blanket rules that are totally absurd. It literally means everybody totally sovereign centered within their being. And then when you all come together in this state, this like this magical higher win-win spontaneous divine order, just kind of like, bubbles out of it and it's this like beautiful magical thing that occurs if first of all if each person would mind their own business basically like focus on their inner work come back to their center mind their own business both um figuratively and also like energetically like do your qigong practice and learn how to be in your center yeah, Dr. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important, the idea of uh, conserving your energy, right? Because if we're looking at the way the world works and all these distractions, right? And so like you could give it to television or you can give it to anger or whatever. It's always an external uh, thing that you can choose to participate in, right? And now it's just, I think the test for it is is a higher level test, not to get drawn into it and give all your energy away. Um, you know, again, the, the martial arts analogies always make sense for me, but the more angry you are in a fight, right? You're going to actually lose energy, but you remain calm and you remain focused and you can always find a solution to exit it, right? If one of my friends told me this thing, he goes, uh, he goes, I can run faster scared than you can mad. And that's a great, you know, martial arts tool. And I was just thinking that if I taught kids, I was like, what's the best way to win a fight? And they'd say all these different things. I was like, sprint as fast as you can in the opposite direction, right? You're, you're not going to, you're probably going to outrun them and you'll probably be okay. Um, and so it's like thinking about what's going on in a little bit of a different way from being at center. And, and part of that has to be the understanding or perspective that the creator creation has this, this is happening for a reason, right? We didn't, we don't get to decide worldwide world changing things. There is a creator, there's a higher intelligence, there's stuff beyond what we can control. And that's kind of challenging for some people, including myself. And the other one is um, that I came to recently is I don't have to save anyone. And so like, it's not my responsibility to save anyone, but I see, but I want to participate. 
And so that's what, with you guys, I'd be curious, your solution of seeing, okay, there are issues, there is real harm. And that was always kind of one of my uh, just big questions is like, we have starvation, how come it's not solved, right? And I've, and I'm really looking at it and stressing about it and human trafficking, looking at it and stressing about it and trying to participate. I haven't been able to find the button or make a big dent in it. And so I almost have to surrender to this really ugly part of humanity and existence. And I don't really like that. And I feel like, there's all these other kind of harms going on, but it's all dissipating my energy. So what, what can I do um, for my gift? And, and, and what I kind of come to in my own conclusion was I got to figure out who and what I am and what I can offer and give back and do my best at that. Right. You know, Dr. Bear's a amazing doctor has helped a lot of people and, and as well, you, and it's funny when you're talking about geometry and stuff, you have like a Harvard degree in mathematics or something, right. You do like, you know, so you, you're really, you guys are both really logical and highly intelligent um, in that form of the, the Western world, but also have really gotten into the energetics and the spirituality side. And we need both. And that's why you guys can see the difference between scientism and truth because you're adding both. It's not, I know everything. And this is the final answer. It's a continuous exploration of the truth and of a higher truth. And I'd be curious uh, your thoughts on that rant and just uh, how do we, you know, when people like want to participate, they might have to let go of, uh, of a, a certain thing to move towards a new reality. Um, some people are getting fired from jobs in really challenging situations. It's very stressful. So we want to participate in a solution and uh, they might not know where to start. So I'd love for Bear to comment or Dr. E, if you want to take it. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab. <laughs> um, you know, Dr. Edith, you and I both uh, gravitated toward the biological sciences and actually became practitioners. And I think there's a good reason for that. And Matt, to answer your question, you know, it's I think we're all doing, we are the solution here, you know, just like in a body that has symptoms or diagnosed with a disease. Uh, what you learn as a practitioner, well, some of us, is that disease is actually the body's attempt to heal itself and alert us to, you know, what we need to put right. So, um, you know, the, the thing that's really been uh, hidden is, uh, you know, the fact that there's much more to us uh, than meets the eye and our physical bodies are just, uh, you know, uh, an endpoint uh, condensation you know, that appears here in this realm, but, you know, the much greater part of ourselves is elsewhere. And Dr. Edith, you and I have uh, more than dabbled in, in you know, uh, let's just say the, the mechanics uh, behind the scenes that make biology work in the first place. And, uh, you know, as far as doctors are concerned, unfortunately, most of them have... Uh, been seduced into this mechanistic uh, you know, model of disease and health and microbes and things. And you realize that not only is that nonsense, but it's absolutely counterproductive and actually the source of all of our ills in the first place. So um, our bodies are really um, needing to catch up with spirit because spirit is perfect in the first place. And that's who we really are at that level. And, you know, it's not a matter of going like when I was in sports, it was all about working out every day and eating, you know, all the things we we're talking about before the show. And you kind of become overly body conscious, you know, and at the expense of your spiritual life. And that's, you know, that's one extreme. But our bodies are more important than we realize, because if, uh, if we can't, you know, fulfill that as above, so below, uh, you know, axiom, then, you know, we really can't manifest spirit. And um, 
the body does not have disease. It has deficiencies. And, you know, just like anybody out in the trades, you know, if you're a plumber, a contractor, if you want to fix or build something, you have to have the materials that are necessary for what you're trying to build. The cells of our body are the same thing. And there are basic elements that have been right in front of our face all this time. It's been talked about in the Bible, which uh, talks about, you know, all these things verbatim as far as, you know, you know, the Masonics, um, you know, who we think are, you know, all evil and everything. Well, the original Masonics were actually about rebuilding the temple, which was the physical body. And of course, all these occulted truths have become infiltrated and inverted and weaponized against us. But when we understand that all we have to do is have these certain elements available in our bloodstream, and then the cells have all the building materials, then they can resonate on all 12 cylinders. And, and I know, uh, Edith, you've learned through biogeometry, there's 12 spectrums there. Well, that relates to the constellations that revolve around the earth. It relates to um, you know, every facet of our being and the 12 organ systems and the, you know, and the, the 12 ganglia and the solar plexus that, you know, originate in Aries, you know, which is the, 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 the optic thalamus, you know, up here. And, and when you understand all these allegorical teachings, if you understand what's right above our heads, if you go out at nighttime and look at the sky, all of those resonant fields uh, translate into, um, you know, a balance of these, uh, the all 12 uh, of these spectrums within all of life as above, so below. And then, and only then will our body be able to manifest spirit, not uh, until then will we be able to achieve, uh, you know, the ability to communicate without words and be telepathic and, and to, you know, just travel at will, you know, uh, beyond both sides of the veil. And, you know, those are the simple truths that I know some of us are trying to get out right now. And of course, that is also why the conventional narrative is trying to keep us in this paradigm of, you know, disease and, you know, the, the latest uh, invisible, um, you know, terrorists and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's really, really a simple matter, but it goes back to the individual person. Each one of us has to make a free will decision and right now we're all here to make a very critical decision. Which way are we gonna go? There's no more riding the fence. And if you choose to move on where the larger cycles are taking us, whether you like it or not, if you wanna go along for a wonderful ride, then we have to get our act together. We have to take care of our bodies. We have to realize the simplicity and the availability of all the elements we, we, that we need to manifest spirit here on earth. And then just like you say, Dr. Edith, uh, all of us souls, and we're an example of it right now, we'll find each other. And uh, we're grouping together. We have people showing up here on the land. Little communities are just self-evolving. And, you know, the wagons are circling and we're not even trying. It's just happening. You know, people in Australia are just organically getting together and saying, hey, let's not pay our taxes. See how you like that one. Uh, you know, we have all the solutions. We have all the power. And, uh, you know, I'm rambling a bit here, but um, I think that's, uh, you know, the solutions are here. Matt, you're doing it. Dr. Edith, you're doing it. We're all doing our little part. And it's just, we just wake up in the morning. We know what to do. We don't even have to plan anything and we're finding each other. Yeah, you know, um, I think I want to encourage everybody listening to take a deep breath and just recognize that there, that agenda is self-destructive because this 
inherently anti-life. You know, um, I don't know if you guys know about the um, Dr. David Hawkins consciousness scale. It goes from zero to 1000, right? Sub 200, he calls it force. Above 200, he calls it power. So at the levels, I, I can't remember the whole thing. I don't have it memorized, but it's like, it's like um, apathy and, and shame and guilt. These levels, these coercive agendas out there are vibing at these levels of like 20 to 50 on that scale. Many of us in this community, we're vibing at like a 500 plus level, right? Yes. Thank you. It's been coming okay. up often lately. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Okay. So 20 is shame, 30 is guilt, 50 is apathy and so on. So a lot of people think that there's a lot of fear out there, but actually these coercive agendas is lower than fear. It's so weak. It's just crazy weak. Is that the level of shame and guilt and coercion? Like that, all of that, you know, happens at the 20 to 50 level. It's not even at a at 100. Those of us that are at the level of love and peace and joy, we have to remember that one person who is living and radiating the energy of 500 balances out 750,000 of the people out there who are living in a sub 200 level. So I wanna encourage everybody to stand up nice and tall and just feel yourself as 750,000 of those other people and don't get them to, don't allow them to trick you into thinking that you are like, you know, in terms of like democracy, they're like every vote counts the same but energetically, every being is not the same. Those of you that are have a more expansive consciousness, your just being on the planet right now changes the trajectory of human, the human story in a very powerful way. And we need to just remember that about ourselves. I love that. And that's Dr. a perfect definition of critical mass. And we're about right there, almost closer than we could believe. Yeah, I love that. And it makes me think of like, whether it's the cosmic mind or nature or the higher intelligence or God or the creator, right? If you go against nature, it's not, it's only going to be temporary, right? You could build a house on sand and it'll go away. Like if you're not in harmony and resonance with nature, you're going to lose. And this whole agenda, it's number one thing when you bring up the consciousness map is fear. And when you're afraid, you're not being able to access these higher levels. And that's what we need to get beyond. And one of the other themes is this, is this idea of death, right? We think we're going to die but we're infinite beings and so if we understand that we will go on we're not going to be uh, persuaded or shamed or guilted into doing something that's harmful to ourselves or other people because we're afraid that our body is going to die because we know that we're more than that and you know if god breathed life into man we have that spirit within us and that spirit is the higher intelligence but i do think also that we have to live in this mystery to make the free will choice toward life toward creation towards goodness and morality so that when we get to that other side everybody will have paid the due Right. You know, for sure that there's so many people in this, uh, you know, spirituality and new agey stuff has become very popular. And a lot of people, I use the analogy of, you know, they're white belts, which is great that they're in the game, but they're putting on a black belt. You know what I mean? They don't have that humility of just being honest and authentic with where they are because all the triple black belts and the highest level masters I know are still lifelong learners, right? You know, you and Bear are very highly intelligent with a lot of years of um, success and learning and you're still yearning for more. You realize that it's not even, you, there's no chance of knowing everything and you might learn something tomorrow that changes your whole worldview and you guys would both sit there and take it and be like, oh, 
you know, it was like one second of grief of like, oh man, I was so wrong to like, thank you. Now I have this new higher truth because that's where I'm aiming. That's where I'm intending. And that's what I, you know, want to do, you know, where I want to bring my, my being. And I think about also like cymatics, when you look at the resonance scales and it'll be beautiful, perfect geometry. And then there's a dissonance as it goes up to the higher octave. And so once you get to that higher octave, it's more complex, uh, more beautiful, more interconnected. And maybe that's what we're experiencing right now is this dissonance before we make the choice for those of us who want to um, get to that higher scale. And the more of us that can, it's kind of, you know, and again, martial arts or war is a great tactic because if you are analogy, because if you go into that scenario, it's very frightening, is very fearful, and you could definitely die. You're putting yourself right in harm's way, but you want to be beside the person who is calm, who's cool, who's collected, who is put together, even though it is dangerous and life can be mysterious and dangerous, uh, but we are protected to a degree. And if there's something going to happen to us, might get into a car accident. We might, you know, there's something that we have to give to creation because our life will pass, but there's this higher intelligence here. And for me in my life, you know, I've had multiple near death experiences. And it makes me believe that I'll, I'll leave when I'm supposed to. It doesn't mean I'll put myself in unnecessarily harm's way by being an idiot. It means that if life we're going to, you know, call my number, that's it. And so if we live in that way, knowing that we're protected and, you know, our goal is to, you know, calm the chaos, understand that it's an uncertain world, it's frightening, but there, there are higher forces at work and we can choose to try to align with those rather than resist them. And the last analogy I'll, I'll share was when what Dr. Bear was talking about coming to resonance or the middle way. I remember being at Burning Man and some guy, he is going up and his brother was getting married and he was the best man. And he goes, I've always had a lot of respect for my brother. And one day he came home, but one day he did something that really impressed me and blew my mind. He was really stressed about work and he's an entrepreneur. And he goes, you know what? I'm never going to be stressed out ever again. And he goes, that was two or three years ago. And I've never seen him stress out once since. And so this, this individual dropped stress permanent. I don't know if it's continued on, but I was like, that's amazing. So can, is it possible? Like if we woke up and there was no enemy kind of like as bear was, there was no conflict and you just literally surrendered to whatever it was. I think that's a high level of mastery, which I'm more of a kicker and screamer and hold on to the, you know, <laughs> reality, but I'm, I'm trying to move towards, you know, what's, what's right and what's true and what's more coherent. Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about these emotions in, you know, higher and lower octaves. And what we have to realize is we're all a work in progress. And it's not a matter of beating yourself up if you're in a particular emotional state. You just realize those are different tonal fields existing in different octaves. So we're here to learn, just like a pipe organ, how to, uh, you know, you manipulate the foot pedals and build up the pressure and just go up and down the octaves at will. And you, when you look at that, uh, Dr. Edith, you know, the chart that you're referring to there, you look down at, you know, depression and all that kind of yucky gray stuff. That's just, that's inertia. So uh, if you kind of move up a little bit, pretty soon you hit anger. And, you know, being pissed off is actually a good thing <laughs> because now that energy is moving. You don't want to be down here in inertia. And that's where most people are right now. And a lot of the truth that all of us have been sharing out there, you know, when some people find out about the truth, find out that we've been actually played, uh, you know, and, and duped from day one in our life, you get it 
a little bit ticked off about it, but that's a good thing. Of course, if you stay in that anger range, then, you know, that's going to translate into other things in your life and including your body's inflammation and things that, yeah, oh, that's not a good idea too. So you want to keep moving up the scale and, you know, you got to go through some of these emotions that we might deem as negative before you get to the next one. So there's really no bad place to be. You just don't want to be stuck anywhere. Thank you for that. My boy, um, so my boy, some of the audience might have heard this story. He came to me before he was incarnated. We weren't planning to have children. And he started showing up in my dreams and meditations and showing visions of this transition that is happening now, that there's a wave of spirit babies that are all coming to the planet to blanket the earth with a new frequency, with a new light, with a new state of being. And he convince me that they have to just come and show us a new way they can't just you know like telepathically communicate it they have to physically be here to embody a new state of being and so this was back in 2013 now he's about to turn seven in a couple of weeks and the last like few weeks he's been really like coming through with a lot more new information about all the things he remembers from before he incarnated on planet earth and so i could um go on and on about all the different things that he's been sharing you know at nighttime instead of bedtime stories we talk about he goes mama let's talk about space before I came into your belly this and that and that and so one of the things he often comes back to is when you're a space baby <laughs> you just feel peace and happy and joy all the time and he says one of the reasons that we're so excited to jump into a mama's belly and come to planet earth is that we can see, he says, we look on these screens and we can see everybody. We can zoom in and see everybody's lives. That's how you choose your future mamas and babas. And he said, you're the best mama for me. My favorite one, I looked and looked and looked. And I said, that one, that one, that one, that's the one. And then these like caretakers, they blow a wind and helps you to jump into your mama's dream and communicate with them. And he says, he says things like, on planet Earth, people are confused about how you make a baby. They think the mama and baba just kick their peepees together and make a baby. No, 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 that's not how it works. First, you have to have a space baby come jump into your dreams. The space baby has to pick you first. That's how it works. And then after the space baby picks you, it makes the mama and baba want to kick their peepees together. <laughs> and then all three of you together, that's how you make an earth baby. People are really confused. They don't realize the most important part is the space baby has to pick you first. So he's saying that the space baby wants to come to planet Earth because we can see on these screens that people get sad, they get lonely, they get angry, they get cranky, they get tired. They have all these experiences. We can see it, but we have no idea what that's like. So we want to jump into the Earth and feel what that feels like because it seems really interesting. You know, and I'm like, honey, why did you pick now to come to planet Earth? It's so crazy here with the, the germ and everything. And he was like, mama, I just, I just, I just wanted to be with you. I just, it just seemed like fun to be with you, you know? So, um, yeah, so 
So he's, I, we have a lot of conversations about, are you worried? Are you, you know, different things? And he's so not worried. He's had dreams about different things like, um, oh, I had a dream that, that there was no food on the shelves at Whole Foods. You know, I'm like, and then what? And he's like, well, we just ate from our garden and it was fine. I was happy. We were all healthy. It was no problem, you know? So it's just so nice that these little beings are here to bring this kind of stability and op optimism and wisdom that everything is going to be okay. Well, I love that. And I've never heard the term of space baby before. And it also makes sense from a soul level, right? I think that, well, I know that I have a soul, you know, there's, there's that voice or that connection or that something, you know, even when I was on Everest and had the near, near death experience, there was like this, this separate, it was me, but another, it was just very odd. And other experiences where I know you guys have had them as well, where you kind of touch that infinity or God or creation and, and you're a part of that. And you also get this free will while you're down here. And so if there's a child that's going to come into the mix, it's always the greatest gift, you know, and, and they're coming and they're choosing the parents and they're choosing this creation. So when I play it all out, like I said before, I can't see that it would just be for these children to suffer. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me unless we were in the most horrendous space you could possibly imagine. Um, and it seems like the tool of these controllers is fear, right? That, that wants to limit our expression of life, of being alive, of being vibrant, of being connected, uh, being joyous, because when you are fearless and when you are in uh, coherence, you know, there's, I think it's a law of resonance, right? The higher uh, if there's two resonant fields, um, the lower one's going to be absorbed into the higher one. And so if we can, they keep create this mass psychosis of fear, it's going to be harder to break out. But once people start breaking out, they see it's a, it's more coherent. They desire that they want that. And that's why it's so important for each of us to do that. And the kids are a lot of the time that example, right? And so it's, it's also fostering that strength as parents and as people to say, what's the best version of me that I can be so that this child is seeing that version. They don't see me, you know, lost in all of this nonsense. They see me being the strongest individual that I can, so I can, you know, pass it on with them. And if we are an evolutionary species and there are some interesting things going on behind the scenes with higher intelligence or whatever theories are out there, which there are many, um, it would make sense that these kids are going to have another opportunity. And some of them we're now noticing there's a huge massive shift into homeschooling because on the predator side, we're becoming aware that that is an indoctrination system that you don't want your kids anywhere near that thing. Right. And uh, you know, and so the solution side, now there's more homeschooling. It's not completely sorted out yet. Uh, but a lot of people are sorting it out and they do have it sorted. And then that knowledge gets passed on because people are going to start to see the examples of it. How did you get that way? You know, you know, Bear was talking before we were talking about just fitness and doctor, he was an athlete too. When you're an athlete, you wonder how did you perform at that high level? Right. And when you're new into it, you're like, holy smokes. It's just so incredible. How in the world did you get to that level of ability? It's so amazing. Can I learn from you? And now that track is paved and you have somebody that you know is done it. And that's what I think we're, we're have this opportunity to do. And I also thought about um, the idea if we're created by the creator um, and we have love for our children, well, the creator would have that same amount of love. And if, and if we were the commanders of our, our towns and they had the biggest disaster, you would send your best people there. You'd send, the, you'd send their best people there to create remedy. 
and what a shit show we're in. You know what I mean? To be like, oh dear, you know? it's like I just breathe, just breathe, you know. And that's if you're a high level military, you know that you just go into a shit show and you have to have that calm. And you know, I'm going to go help this person because that's what I came here to do. I came here to help. I came here to be uh, a part of the solution. And I feel like if we're aware of what's going on, we're a part of that solution. And we might be in a little bit of a holding pattern, which is challenging. But I, I do feel like this higher intelligence does have life will always win. You know, that like you said, the, it always the evil has the seeds of destruction sown within it. I can't remember who had that quote, but it does make sense. And it's not powerful, just like that Hawkins scale of consciousness. I use the example of if you're going to like I'm good at martial arts and I'm stronger than, you know, let's say a little tiny girl who's like five foot two and has never trained martial arts. But if I go into her home and attack her. She's going to have a good defense because she's going to be fighting for her life. I can piss off at any point. There's no reason for me to be there harming her. So she's going to fight for her life. And this will, this energy is going to come out and do all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> you know, she'd probably do okay. Um, and that's that will of, of, of what's right and what's true. We know what we stand for. And we will, we will fight for that. And we will do what's necessary to stand and build what's right. And once it's there, we have no, we have no qualms. As long as you don't come here and try to mess with me, we're fine. And you're also invited. If you quit being a, you know, a butt, you're welcome to come on in and we would love to have you just knock it off. Right. And then all of a sudden that higher resonance, it'll be like a tipping of a scale because people are just getting shooken with their dissonance. And I feel like also the last point I'll make is that this world, you know, there's a lot of dissonance that people were not facing. It has to come right to their door to care about something else. And so this is a kind of a wake up call for humanity for all these things that could use correction. And we need to start creating these new systems that are coherent with the principles of life and nature and good and you know whatever the case is, and then model those and share those with other people. So that's my rant. Bear, do you wanna chime in? Or Dr. E, either way? Um, yeah, I don't know where to jump in on that one, but um, you know everything you're saying is so right on, and we have to understand that the would-be controllers actually have, and there's very few of them, by the way. Of course, they have a lot of useful idiots on the ground that go along with it because I'm just doing my job, you know that kind of thing. But they really don't, as I said before, they don't have the power, and they're coming from a place of fear. They have more fear than all the billions of the rest of us put together. And that fear is going to, you know, already is their, is their um, downfall. And, you know, we, we talk about all these special abilities that people could have. We say, well, why aren't we telepathic or we're, you know, just, uh, you know, in awe of somebody that shows uh, some abilities, like the ability to be telepathic. And, and all this stuff is very simple. If you look at the nexus between, you know, these lower emotions and the seemingly inability, for instance, to be inapathic, you know, you just have this, like, look at shame and being telepathic. Well, all of us who have been programmed within this system to be afraid and also to um, just be judgmental, you know, uh, you know, out of just sheer hatred, because hatred is really the root of everything here. And so we're all walking around with these judgments of each other and, and of things. And, and because of that, you know, the, the shame factors, well, we don't want to, you know, somebody we're talking to, to be able to get inside our head and see what we're really thinking about. And, you know, so the roots of all that really have to be, you know, remedied, because once we lose the, the, the hatred, then that's going to, you know, come 
completely abate any of the judgments and projections that we all do every day, that's going to cut the, the shame right at its roots. And now all of a sudden, you know, you really don't care if somebody climbs into your head or not. And that is the definition of telepathy. It's when we no longer have anything to hide. We are not telepathic as a species because we're all hiding ourselves. We've all got guards up. So, you know, I think it's just helpful. What I'm trying to say is some of these special abilities that we don't understand how they work. It's much more simpler than that. It's just about losing all our stuff, just being out in the open, nothing to hide. Uh, the people that are trying to control us have the most to hide, obviously, and we can just go about our business and be operating in a different realm. We don't need their freaking internet. We don't need cell phones. We don't need anything. Matt, if I want to get a hold of you, I'm just going to get you through the airwaves. And in fact, you know, with my wife and myself in our life, we have experience of that every single day. We know who's on on the phone before it even before they even pick it up and uh you know ring our side we you know it's just and i know you guys have those kinds of experiences also and the people that we travel with we're just comparing notes we're saying wow that's like becoming the norm now and so technology you know that is entrapping many people number one couldn't even exist unless it existed within nature and within ourselves first it would be impossible there's nothing new under the sun and, and, and then the next thing is technologies rightfully used are to show that aspect and the technological aspect of what we already are. So we get the bright idea and just say, hey, I can throw this freaking phone away and, and just go directly. So that's where we're headed. That's what technology is supposed to be teaching us. But, you know, they're again, have weaponized it to entrap us to think that we're in this mechanistic a world that is somehow improving with technology. And that's what also uh, Steiner talked about. He said, in this day and age, that would be the, the ultimate trap is our technology, our electronics. That's what would make us sick. And it's happening. We're witnessing that. You know, um, as I was listening to you talk there, I was reminded back in 2013 when I went away to darkroom retreat and came back to San Francisco, I became much more telepathic and much more expansive, much more able to tune into subtle energetics. And to be honest, be careful what you wish for. It was too much for me. <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to move out of the city. I could sense, see, feel energies at such a heightened level. Honestly, it wasn't that fun because I could, I could hear all the grumpy, stressful thoughts of all of my neighbors. And it's just like, you know, it took years to learn how to turn that up and turn that back down. That's quite a skill, you know? And so um, when humanity has cleaned up its thought fields so that we can tune in and there's not like <laughs> lots of static and lots of mixed energies and stressful thoughts all over the field, then, then we will naturally want to be tuned in more. Right now, it, it's like sometimes so messy that it's almost traumatic to be that tuned in, right? So there's like, there's an individual state of expansion and then there's a collective state of um, doing our inner work and cleaning everything up before we can reach that state as a collective, I feel. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, no. it's interesting if people are thinking about, you know, telepathic abilities, 
most people wake up and they just think on a hamster loop all day. They say estimated 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are repeated and most of them are negative. And so this, if we're able to quiet our mind to go into this inner process, we're going to develop and experience things that most people don't because most people are locked in that version of thinking. And as you spoke, doctor, you made me just think about the idea of, again, coming back to myself, because every time you go with the external material or a they, people should do this. People should know better. Society should wake up. Things should be different. All of that's outside of your control. The only thing that you can do is uh, maintain your own coherence and connection within the chaos. And if that chaos comes and then ends me at that point, that's the best I could have done, you know, at that point. And that was up to the creator anyway, but usually it's just a thought form of something negative that can happen. So how do I, you know, go about peacefully the entire scale? Is that, is that possible? Am I able to do that? And when I look at what's going on on the planet, it's how do you, I'm curious. I want to ask you guys, like, how do we, how do we make peace with like this perceived maybe evil or this challenge or this dissonance, right. Or, or the harm. Like, I feel like, again, one of the things Dr. Ebro is like this grief, a friend of mine, you know, Rob Edward came over again, shout out Rob and his awesome podcast for taking the plunge. You know, we had talked, we met about a year ago and he's like, you know, I'm trying to move towards, you know, my purpose and I'm not sure what it is. And all I kind of shared and what I shared to most of you is just keep following the impulses of who you are right? Start figuring out who you are and how you want to contribute. And then, you know, over time, it becomes a little bit clear and we just make our own little impact where we are, right? Just, we keep following that thing, but over time, it's going to be a great impact over a year, over two years, over 10 years, and we develop and become who we want to be. And it's in alignment with who we are and with the greater good within, within everything else. And I feel like that's the challenge that we have is to get into coherence with all of this challenge and to be a person who's aware of what's going on you're going to be experiencing grief um, loss of friendships i've heard crazy stuff with families about thanksgiving and christmas and the whole divide well if you're aware and, and you can't you know, it's like well why would you do that you know it's like you know let us hang out it, it's hard because you're grieving right and we're aware of that so that's a part of this process is grief and so we have to handle that in an adult way and i remember having tom campbell on one of the um, leaders in simulation theory. And he said, this is, you know, moving from adolescence into adulthood, we have to have accountability. And if you're, if your son or daughter doesn't want to come to dinner and they're being all cranky, you know, and like my daughter will let me sit on the couch with her half the time. She's like, I was like, where do you want me to sit on the floor? She goes, yeah, you know, so I got to sit on the floor, you know, or I get yelled at, you know, I'm not going to get mad at her for that. Although I do get grumpy because I want to cuddle. Um, you know, uh, this is what's happening in the, these cases, these really hard, challenging with friends, with family, just them kind of disowning you. And like, oh my goodness, because we want to stay connected to the truth, right? And we want to find these solutions, but that does mean we're going to get consequences too along the way. And so we have to stay with the congruence um, and also try to figure out uh, what we're going to do to support. And it's a very challenging spot, I feel, for most people. I wonder if you can kind of speak to that. Um. Lately, I've been on a little, um, I've, to be honest, gotten burnt out from, <laughs> this is Dare's term, of tracking everything with the cootie shot. Dare <laughs> calls it the cootie shot. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I'm burnt out from all of that narrative, you know? So, so lately, my, the content, I've been studying common law. And then the other thing, the, the spiritual side, I've been just on a, a binge of listening to podcasts and stories of people with their near-death experiences. 
every once in a while when I feel like I need a soul realignment, I listen to people's near-death experiences and it helps me to live my life on a more consistent basis on a day-to-day level, seeing everything from the eyes of spirit, you know? And so um, I just, that stirred up so much love and compassion. I know it seems weird to say, I have so much love and compassion for all these people that are blind to what's happening, that are, you know, choosing divisiveness in their families and just um, choosing coercion and manipulation and shame and guilt as the way of operating in this world. I feel sadness and compassion and love for people because I know that when we cross over, we will see, we will have that 360 degree life review and we'll see all the perspectives and it will all be shown, all be revealed and we will understand ultimately the, the, the consequences of these behaviors in action. So maybe they don't get it now, eventually everybody awakens, even if it takes death to do that. Yeah, I had uh, my wife and myself uh, had an acquaintance, we got to know a little bit at a private dinner with this gentleman, his name was Daniel Brinkley, you, you might have uh, heard of him, he wrote a book called um, Saved by the Light, was it Edith? I yeah, think, I think so. anyway, uh, that was some years ago. Uh, anyway, it just kind of serendipitously happened. We, we got to know each other. And he talked about his uh, two near-death experiences. You know, he was working uh, uh, kind of some special ops, not so nice stuff for the military. And he describes himself as kind of a Southern boy that was a bully his whole life and, you know, not a nice person. And then he was struck by lightning, died. And uh, long story short, he was out for several hours. And then on the other side, he describes this whole experience. He had to go through a life review. Now in that life review, it's not like hell or, you know, people saying you're bad and, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. But he did have to feel every single action and thought that he put out towards other people and the harm it it, 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 it accomplished. And, you know, we think thoughts are harmless and that, oh, that, you know, they don't know what I'm thinking about, but actually that creates harm and suffering to them in some way or another. And he had to feel every bit of that. So at the end of his review, a lot of other cool things happened, but I won't get into the whole story. Um, he came back and he said, you know, once you do your life review and you actually see it from that perspective, he said, not only was it unbelievable on that other side to the point that I just in no way wanted to come back. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, you will never, you will never even have, um, you know, a temptation of thinking uh, or projecting even on the thought level towards any other individual, unless it's, you know, in the pure love resonance. He said, it's over, it's over. You know, and it, it just transformed him. And he had a, a very special life after that. He actually died a second time, came back a second time. And he didn't want to come back again. And he says, you know, in a Southern accent, it's kind of funny. He says, you know, next time I see that tunnel, I'm the sprint and nobody's going to make me stay there, you know, because he says, you know, you, you get a glimpse over there. They, this is this is really camping out over here. But they made him come back a second time. They said, no, you, you can't stay because you haven't forgiven yourself yet. And so that's the crux of everything. You know, we are here to not only realize that thoughts are things and they have consequences, 
but um, you know, just to get to that point of realization that you know we are God beings, and there's no way on earth we should even have an inclination to do, you know, the majority of things we do. Uh, when I was in, uh, you know, in my career days, you know, I would, you know, get a lot of people with, uh, you know, so-called terminal illnesses and everything, and I sort of put it into a narrative where, well, it, think of it as an accounting sheet, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, how many of your thoughts are over here, double plus good healing, I'm fine, and versus over here, like, oh, you know, I'm toast, and how can I get over this, and, you know, just going down in the dumps, and, you know, overwhelmingly for the majority of people in that situation, you know, it's over here, and it's like, well, if you realize what that creates moment by moment, then why do we just perpetuate something like a disease that could actually, you know, take us out? Not because it's a disease, but we think it is. And, you know, it, we're going to have to manifest our belief system. So um, pretty simple stuff. And I think all we're here to do is to just change some bad habits. Go ahead, doctor. Yeah, I'd like for you to follow uh, up. I feel like you should. Well, um, it's just all this craziness that's happening on the planet right now is there's like, if you have the eyes to see it, there's so much opportunity to clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up our inner state of being, clean up our thoughts, clean up our ability to see, see life with the eyes of an expanded consciousness, to realize, to humble ourselves, to realize that, yeah, we're all here to learn and grow in our perfect way. So as imperfect as things seem, out there is actually, if you step into your center and just look with this perspective, you can also see so much beauty and perfection that's unfolding right now. It's this um, um, paradox. I feel like everything, though all the most beautiful, potent, timeless truths are full of paradoxes. Like you see the perfect in imperfection that's out there. You go deeply within and then you become extremely expanded. Like everything about what's happening right now on our journey of our soul evolution is just filled with paradoxes. Yeah, absolutely. And Bear, when you were talking, the one thing that hit me was the thoughts, you know, and saying thoughts, thoughts are actual things. And I was caught in that thinking about the frustration I have with some of the, the friends and people I know, you know, and realizing, whoop, like I was projecting some crap on them, right? Because I'm so frustrated that, uh, you know, these people that I grew up with who I, um, you know, appreciate it's like, how can they be doing this, you know, and how come they won't even have a conversation with me, you know, and just because it, it's hurtful, you know, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit hurt from it. And I'm sad from it. And I'm grieving because uh, these people are very important to me. And so but that's also a childish reaction, you know, to, you know, just like, I don't want wish harm, but I'm just like, you know, you idiot. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's, that's not unconditional love either. And I like what Dr. E said is I'm seeing it through the eyes of spirit, this, this greater perspective. And that comes down to, again, this surrender to something greater, this higher intelligence. And so I always come back to this question of like, okay, we have this higher intelligence and this life force, and I can only have my one experience. And it is about cleaning up my world. And at the same time, I've always had a trouble um, you know, just coming to agreeable terms on why, why there's so much suffering, why there's so much friggin' harm, why there's, why do, why do I have to observe this? It's, it's not like, uh, I think, uh, you know, what, what Atlantis would be or peace is like, okay, we murdered this set of people. Now these bunch of people are these, what is the deal with all of this evil? What's your perspective on that? One of the things that I've kind of heard that's been a bit helpful is if we didn't have the contrast, we couldn't 
we couldn't choose, right? That every on the other side, when you see all the characters in the play, right, they were all necessary for your own evolutionary growth. So I kind of understand that, and it sounds nice, and but it's like that deep acceptance of evil and and its necessity is challenging for me. I'm wondering if you guys would speak on that. Um, I don't want to claim like I have the answer to the entire cosmic puzzle. I so don't. <laughs> I mean, we're all here to learn and grow and just be part of the mystery of it all. So I don't know, but I can um, I can theorize about it. What I hear from my boy so often when we chat about at nighttime, all that, he, why he came to the planet Earth, he, he keeps saying that we want to come here to learn what it's like to be all these different things, to play different roles and, and to see what it's like to be sad, to be angry, to, to the full spectrum of the human experience. We came here to live the whole spectrum. And so there are some of us, I'm sure, that chose to live a role as a villain. And I'm grateful that I didn't choose that role <laughs> in this lifetime, you know? And there's a part of me that it's just like, wow, who's more courageous? Maybe Fauci's way more courageous than me. That his soul said, yeah, I'll be like the ultimate villain for this time of intense transformation on the planet to stir up all the shit so people really have to do their inner work. I'll play that role. And there's um there's a couple named what uh, Elena and Alejandro, they do calibrations of different people using that uh, David Hawkins consciousness scale. And um, according to their measurements, I, I, I don't know for sure if it's like 100% accurate, but their measurements show that Fauci vibed at like, I don't know, 20 or 50 or something on that scale, which makes a lot of sense to all of us, but that they also have a way of, of measuring how the percent that somebody's living into their divine purpose. And according to their measurement, he's living 100% of his divine purpose. So here's a guy that probably on a soul level said, I'm gonna play an awesome villain, like total like award-winning performance. And that's gonna <laughs> stir up intense awakening across the entire planet because of my role. So who do we have? gratitude for in this situation right because this this intense transformation that's happening had to be um poked and prodded we were um too comfortable before we were going down the wrong track and something big had to happen and if it wasn't this uh, cooties narrative it probably would have been something else because we're going down a train track that was not sustainable that was based on a paradigm that just wasn't working for too many people so if it's not one thing it was going to be another somebody has to come and play the role of the villain to stir this mass awakening process Yeah, the, the pendulum definitely has to swing in both directions. And I agree with everything you say and uh, not pretending that I know anything either. Um, however, we can uh, point to some evidence that would uh, help us maybe answer your question there. Um, you know, the simple answer, it's our choice. Uh, I don't think God creates evil in order to teach good. That's just not within that realm of consciousness. That's our choice. However, um, certain folks like Wilhelm Wright, um, Steiner, you know, we could go through the whole list of notables, how they actually evidenced subplanes, planes and subplanes of reality. 
and actually were able with heat sensitive equipment, photography equipment, able to actually photograph different myriads of life forms in all these different planes. Now on these planes and the earth is a stratification of planes. I'm convinced of that because we can measure them and, and do a lot of other things, including taking pictures. But we are on one plane. That's where it's like a little thread. And this is, you know, the sea. And here we are in this consciousness of materiality. And uh, all around us are other planes of consciousness that are unaware of us, just like we're unaware of them. Some are aware, uh, but, you know, with the, with the whole understanding of non-interference, they're benevolent and try to leave breadcrumbs but cannot interfere with our experience at the same time and again photographic evidence not conjecture shows that there are beings on subplanes that are at a lower resonant level than where we're at but they have an awareness of us and they also have the ability to um, interact with us unknowingly to us on the mental plane and that is the source of mind control now the controllers on the planet that we blame you know your hilda beast and your you know your trudeaus and all these just these people that do unspeakable things they are mind controlled worse than anybody and it is from these harmonic subplane influences so the real discussion i think is you know not what the clinton foundation is up to but who's controlling them because when we understand those forces, then not only can we protect ourselves, but we can also play the same game, not trying to go you know, tit for tat with them directly, but we can make ourselves impervious to the mind control. And about 25, 30% of us are not amenable to their mind control. And that's, that's, that's a, a reason you know, that you have to go into the level of the soul and who some of us are in the first place. That doesn't mean better or worse. We're just, we're just not buying it. But a lot of these other folks are buying it 100%. And the worst of the worst that, you know, we're doing these unspeakable things are the most mind controlled of all of us, you know, put together. And then, the, you know, it's just the poor, unfortunate souls that are walking around with masks and subjecting their kids uh, to child abuse through the public full system. You know, they're just, they're just going along for the ride because they're under mind control as well. So, we really need an awareness of how things work. We need the understanding of the anatomy of our realm so that we are not just unwitting victims and actually become control of our own circumstances. And that's why we're playing the game here in the first place. Ooh, Bear, can you speak to some more of that? That's a, a juicy topic of what makes somebody <laughs> immune and what makes somebody easy to mind control. I listened to that amazing uh, episode on your podcast with Kathy O'Brien. And she also was interviewed by Sayer Gio, beautiful conversations. And that's mm -hmm. listening to her speak gave me, um, my heart softened. You know, I felt so much compassion for all those who are mind control, like understanding mm -hmm. that it really isn't their fault. Like we can, we can love them. We can give love and compassion and forgiveness because there's something else at play here. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful soul she is. And, um, 
And just an amazing story, a hair-raising story, if anybody out there knows what she went through. And I won't get into all that. And some of it's pretty darn gnarly, you know, stuff that you don't even like to talk about. But she exposed a lot. Now, interestingly, many years ago, I was in circles where we were putting on events. Uh, We got busted here in the States because we were speaking too much truth. You know, all this common law stuff and everything. We were talking about that. We were bringing in people from all fields and we were packing auditoriums. FBI would come in and bust us every time. So we actually ended up moving overseas and doing these overseas uh, things. Now, this brings us uh, maybe to the mid-90s or so, and we're bringing in G. Edward Griffin and and, uh, Ron Paul and David Icke. And, and, and Kathy O'Brien and, and, you know, folks like that. So we got to know a little bit about a lot of story going on on the planet. And to look at Kathy with her evolution from when she was first rescued from MK Ultra Mind Control and uh, forced against her will to do unspeakable things. Um, and now to look how her as a perfect example of everything we're talking about, where she has just grown at that level of the soul tremendously where now she's just a beaming light so there's somebody who on some level chose this unbelievable experience not only came out the other side but you know used it to her advantage and not only to her advantage but to be a light to the entire world and we see a lot of these brave souls doing that right now i don't consider fauci (laughs) sorry i'm uh, I have some uh, personal intense feelings about the man, especially when I heard that he tortured beagles. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, but anyway, you, you get my point. I, I don't know if I answered your question or anything, but. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, for one of the reasons why I was able to see all this kind of stuff was because uh, I was studying mindset, mind power and things like that. And hypnosis came up and language patterns. And then I realized when one was being used on me. So, you know, a basics of NLP book under uh, there's a documentary called uh, Century of Self by Edward Bernays, the basics of hypnosis, the work of Darren Brown. If you don't think this exists, go watch Darren Brown on YouTube. He hypnotizes people, takes their wallet, does all these experiments and you start to see, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, he goes around uh, New York and he pays for things with money or not with money. Obviously that would work uh, with paper. And he goes and he buys this $5,000 something diamond ring with paper. He <laughs> buys all these other things with paper, but then he goes to try to buy a hot dog with the paper. And that guy's more aware. And he goes, Hey buddy, what's this? And then he kind of walks away like, Oh, that didn't work. You know? And so you start to see, it's like, I find it's like jujitsu. If you don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to just do whatever I'd like. I'll break your left arm. I'll break your right arm. I'll choke you. I'm going to do whatever I want. You have no idea what I'm doing. And it works. It's very effective. It's the same thing with hypnosis. And that's why mental nutrients, when they talk about that, Buddhism is so important because they're getting you with the programming. They're getting you with the music. They're getting you with repetition and you start to hear these things. So you start to cut them out. And that's why I feel like this balance is so important of understanding the threat, but not succumbing to fear. When you understand that eating sugar only is going to probably give you a, a detriment to your health. You can then, you know, sub something out. I remember I thought I was eating healthy at like 24. I was just eating total shit. <laughs> it's just like not even close, you know, but as I learn more, I could correct. And that's what this opportunity is to see the things that are maybe dangerous or don't have our best interest at heart, you know, eat this and you get big and strong. Meanwhile, it's giving you some sort of disease and making you terrible. It's to be able to see past that's important and 
originally you're frustrated because why would someone do that? Right. And that's the whole healthcare system. People say, Oh, well, doctors and nurses are good people. Yeah. But did you go back far enough? Did you go back far enough to see where the education and where things started to get askewed and they took away all naturopathic homeopathic medicine to bring in pharma? Did you get that far? Because that matters. And yeah, I have doctors and people that are great people, but they need to accept that truth that they didn't get the whole truth, that there are other things and to begin exploring those and to allow that truth to reemerge. And Dr. E, when you're talking about um, um, the servant, you know, Fauci being the villain. And it reminds me of the book of raw stuff. And it said that we need the polarity here. And if you, uh, if, if you were, if you're going to graduate, this is their, their thing to say, if you're going to graduate to the next level, you need to be above 50% service to other people or 90% service to self. Like your whole life, you're just the biggest piece of crap ever. And that's kind of like this, this villain and this opportunity. And like Bear said about the Beagles, what a great villain. You know what I mean? Because now the villain is torturing dogs and you're just like, you're feeling, you're, you get so, you know, it brings up this emotion. And, and if that's the case in this realm that it is necessary and they're serving the role of villain so that we can respond to that. Um, but that's all we can do because at the end of the day, the creator and what's happening here, that's what that guy does is beyond my control, right? But what I can do, I can shut off the TV. I can get harmonious with myself and creation. I can spend more time in nature. I can make sure that what I do is harmonious to my community and and, and commit to my, my growth um, and myself and toward creator God's spirit in the best way. All that other stuff I can't control, right? And that's what I learned in human trafficking was that I could go down this rabbit hole and get to the detail of each abuse and how horrific it was. That's not going to serve me anymore. I have to figure out who I am. So if I'm worried about that, maybe I can empower children um, in some sort of way, empower them so they have awareness, they're smart, they're connected, and they're going to live their life in a powerful way. So I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself to the solution. And so that was kind of my thoughts. And I'd love to hear any response. You know, about this whole mind control thing. I've, I, I haven't gone as deep as you, Matt, but I've heard that from age zero to seven is where the overwhelming majority of the programming happens, which is why it's so potent and powerful right now for us to keep our kids away from the indoctrination camps from age zero to seven. You know, and I feel super blessed that I had a boy that I tried to put him into the best nature filled preschool with like organic everything and they were um, indoor outdoor gardening song and dance and kumbaya and they had the, the vegan friendly paleo friendly gluten free friendly diet and all the good stuff and still he said. Mama, I don't like it that they make you pee pee and poo poo during potty time I pee pee and poo poo when my body says not when the big guy says. I eat when my body is hungry. I don't want to eat when they say it's snack time. I want to eat when my body says is hungry. And he just kept reiterating that over and over again until in his own, you know, like four-year-old way, it became clear. It's like, mama, do not put me into this mind control camp. However harmless and holistic it may seem is still giving my authority away from to some external figure and that's an assault to my soul like in his telepathic way like he would look me in the eye these beams that would come out like don't do that to me my soul cannot take it 
And so now, you know, with everything that's unfolded in the world, I feel so grateful that he woke me up to all of that. Like talk about, you know, he said, we have to come here, this new generation of children, we have to come here to wake you guys up. You know, we have to show you, we have to be in our bodies to show you a new paradigm. And so I'm really seeing how, what a huge difference when a child from age zero to seven is honored to discover who they are, to listen, just start with like listening to their bodies, to have their programming pattern be infused with lots of time in nature, doing gardening, climbing trees and rocks, and just the frequency pattern is dominated by nature's wisdom first. And then I think, I believe that there's so much better embodied. And of course, birth practices have a lot to do with it, not putting them into traumatic medical interventions and so on has a lot to do with it. You see these little ones that grow up in our homeschooling and unschooling communities here. We run around in the forest, the kids have played it, and you just see, you can see energetically, these kids are like solid in their bodies. And so, whereas some other kids, energetically, when you look, they look a little bit like a empty shells, right? So if you're an empty shell, it seems to be that you'd be really easy to mind control as an adult, right? But if the first seven years of your life, you're fully anchored and in your body, I think when you grow up, you're not going to be so, uh, sub so easily subject to all the agendas out there. Yeah, well said. And, you know, I had a very similar experience with our kids. Um, at one time, we explored Waldorf school. So we went up there, you know, great people. We knew the principal and everything. It was in Maui. And uh, we ended up not doing it because the kids didn't want to go there. So we just kept them at home and, you know, had a, had a wonderful experience. Instead of being in a classroom at a certain time, I was pushing them in the waves when they were like four years old. And, you know, we, we all, you know, we honored the phases of life and development that they were at, just like, you know, which is the basic principles of Waldorf training. But we did it, you know, more customized to our kids' needs because I don't think any kid is exactly like other kids. And when my kids got older, you know, we had, you know, we're able to master all the mathematics and everything way beyond what they were able to do in a regular school. But then, you know, we also did it in a way that was suitable to them when they were ready for it. Uh, when one of my kids was 15, you know, we every year we said, okay, we're gonna have a special project for the year. So uh, my 15 year old, uh, you know, we're sitting down, okay, what can we do? And we decided we go get our pilot's license together. You know, another year we he decided he wanted to go to uh, Outward Bound and, you know, be out and alone in the wilderness, you know, for for an extended time. So we always had these special projects. It was always on the fly and it worked out beautifully. You know, you made a comment about um, just, uh, you know, that kind of percentage of what we're giving and taking, I think, unless I misunderstood. But, um, you know, when you get into the physics of it, uh, all of us, you know, and we learned this in biogeometry and other levels of radiation, you know, we're toroidal fields. And a toroidal field has to be perfectly balanced, you know, the, the part up here and down here, and there's an equator uh, in between. And if we're askew, if we're not equally grounded, as well as equally, you know, head in the heavens there, you know, then you have problems. You can also be skewed, you know, to east, west. And, and we also know how to translate that into what that means to our biology, to our psyche. So, you know, the greatest scientists or one of them, I think, that ever lived was Walter Russell. 
And he, uh, you know, explained beautifully how the universe is a give-give situation. So in order for our toroidal fields, the toroidal field of our realm, which we call the earth, of each of our individual uh, bodies as a composite of other many toroidal fields that we call cells, if we are thinking about giving and not into a uh, survival, fearful, mechanistic mode of uh, belief system. It's just a natural tendency to give. And then through our experience, we realize the more we give, the more we get. And when people get into that mode, then I can take my little instruments and things and and measure people's toroidal fields and they become more and more balanced, you know, just equal above and below. And there's just perfect moment by moment exchange of energy that creates symmetry and everything in your life works out beautifully. And those are the things that have uh, been taken out of science, including the whole concept that there's no such thing as an ether, which is the living fabric that all of us as artistic souls are supposed to be creating from in the first place. There's no such thing as, you know, space or voids. It's all living intelligence. We are part of it. And it, we are here to learn how to manipulate that to our advantage and to the advantage of all of life around us. It's really that simple. You know, Matt, before we went live, you were talking about uh, education, homeschooling and all this stuff. To me, this is the most important education, you know, letting our children be infused with balance and harmonious energies, especially the first seven years of their life so that they stabilize and understand like how does, how does the soul precipitate into the physical and how to keep the energy field in this like balanced and harmonious state. And then everything else on the 3D level can arise in a healthy balance weight out of that. You know, so that we are uh, often so uh, worried about achievement in like, are they like catching up to the right level with the math, with the reading, with the writing? It's like all of that unfolds naturally if their energy state is in balance and harmony first. And so the good news is that if they spend a lot of time in nature, if they spend time around people like Bear or Matt, like they, they have that example of what a balanced energy field looks like and feels like, and then they will lock into resonance with that. To me, that's the most important thing. And so, so a lot of people think, well, but that's such a good school academically. They're so great. It's like, but what is the energy field of the classroom and the energy fields of the teachers? It's not just that, oh, this teacher is great. They like won an award. They have these pieces of paper on the wall and um, you know they're academically rigorous, but are they doing it with a balance and stable energy field that you want your children to impregnate you know, into their field, right? And so um, with education, I think um, if you wanna talk about that for a second, I think that we're at a time now where the whole house of cards is falling down and it can be dizzying and confusing. And we have the opportunity to take a full step back and ask ourselves, what is it to be a human? How does, what is the nature of this reality? That's how fundamental we have to go back before we start to say, how can we fix the education system? We have to understand how this reality even works better so that we can ask the question, Therefore, what does it take to be an awesome, vibrant, joyful, healthy, and fulfilled human? 
right? And then out of that inquiry, it becomes very clear that what are all the skills or intelligences that one needs to cultivate to create a good life? My friend um, David Rodriguez was a guest speaker at my education conference, and he says, education is what you do to yourself to create a good life. School is what somebody else out there does to you based on their ideas and agendas. And sometimes it's possible their ideas and agenda matches up with what you believe you need to create a good life, but a lot of times not, right? So we are confused, like education is such a big thing right now for us to clean up and revamp because, because of our messed up education journeys. All this other stuff is messed up. Our entire worldview has been misprogrammed. So it's time to come back to the drawing board and look at how do we cultivate not just our IQ and EQ, but our energy intelligence, intuitive intelligence, spiritual intelligence. How do we learn about things like the right use of um, right use of power and um, the right, you had so many things that are unfolding in the world for us to get really clear. Wow, how do we live in communities that honors everybody's individuality and honors individual needs and find a higher win-win, you know, right use of, um, of um, finance, right use of sexual energy, right use of all the resources of this earth, connect with nature's wisdom, connect with cosmic wisdom, learning all those skills, like we were talking about the telepathy and the intuition and all this stuff, um, learning about cosmic wisdom, cosmology, so many things. And just like the basics of the trivium method of learning to bring back that back into a common understanding of how a human learns. There's so many things and we have, it can be very overwhelming right now because everyone's like, I don't even know how to start. But it's just like what you were talking about, Matt, about an elite athlete. When somebody's just trying to get fit and they see you do all your cool tricks, it can seem like, oh my God, that seems daunting and overwhelming. But the good news is that there's a lot of amazing resources available right now. And we have this opportunity to take a step back and reinvent the whole thing and build it from the ground up in the most beautiful and magical way. And that herb, when we started in the beginning, you said, well, what tips do you have? What tips do you have for my daughter? Because I love her. I want to cultivate all these things. And um, the really good news is that these children are coming in with an encoding of a wisdom. Like they already know what they need. And it's actually way easier than we think because we can take a step back and say, hey, you know, we've got a full buffet here. The sky's the limit, all these different options. What is the adventure that you want to create in this life, little one? You know, and just let them take the lead. That's beautiful. Well, it seems like I, I like the idea that it all needs to come down. You know, I, I remember being about 18 and starting to read all these books. On, on different things. And, and I realized I need to unlearn everything that I learned that, that, that the, the institution has kind of boxed my mind. And so we need to reassess what we're doing. And what's happening is we're giving the government or institutions our children, and we don't know what that agenda is. And now when you pay attention to it, you realize how messed up it's actually getting. So it's a beautiful gift for us. And so now we're going to rethink everything, start testing some new ideas, and we're going to get total different results with our kids. And that's going to 
really help us synergize and just like coherence when there's one good idea it's gonna it's gonna spread like wildfire whether it comes to norway canada us we see that result and you go that is the truth it dings with a resonance it, it's common sense and then when we can start following these new protocols because it's going to be a lot easier to engineer powerful uh kids and it is to convince somebody who's already been indoctrinated that they've been fooled and they need to rethink things like what do you mean i've paid 50 grand for this education i'm not rethinking anything the, the problem is that you're a dummy and you didn't go to the school that i went to right it's like well that's not the case you know and and um you know even i remember doing this whole you know you know scenario we're in with germ theory versus terrain theory just one thing made way more sense it's like well you're not a doctor it's like no but i interviewed a lot of doctors and one sounds much more true it makes much more logical sense that anybody should be able to come to that same conclusion. That's why there's no public debates. So once we have that truth, we can start building on that fundamentally. And that's the opportunity we have. So education is probably the most paramount. Um, and then we go in from, from my idea would be the media and these mental nutrients and these TV shows and kids and what they're instilling and all this nonsense. And it's become predatory AI and it's the move back towards nature to what's harmonious and what's good and what's natural. And when we do that, we're going to flourish. And we have to make that conscious choice because it's easier to veg out. And what the controllers have kind of designed is the movie WALL-E. You know, when we're in that seat, if you guys ever seen that, you're in a chair and then you get your extra large soda and it goes right in your mouth and you get rolled over into your bed. Everything is so comfortable and easy and accessible and and there's no efforting there you know it's it's not harmonious and we're being kind of lured into a fake system into something that's unnatural an unnatural way of being because it's comfortable and i remember describing this in detail and someone goes yeah that's the that's uh, or it was maybe as a, a show i was watching but they go yeah you're describing drowning where all of a sudden like it, that <laughs> you're about to die and it just becomes peaceful and easy and you know what i mean and all the body shuts out and you just kind of surrender you know that's kind of what we're moving towards where you know our evolution sometimes takes effort and discomfort um and there's peace but you know you guys know this by being athletes there's a discomfort part of it in my martial arts background allowed me to stay so i was way into the woo woo and i still am and i get as weird as it can be but the martial arts side gives me a different filter because if it's just going to be only an f yes all day no athlete has ever gotten a high level of just being, I'm only going to do what I want. And everything is hunky dory. Always is no, how do you deal with challenges and setbacks and push yourself and explore? It's like this balance of both worlds that we need to integrate. So uh, Bear, do you have any thoughts on, you know, education and how we uh, move forward in that realm or any other industries you see that, you know, could really use an upgrade? Well, I'd say first of all, uh, and I think a, a lot of this is coming into you know, full view right now with many people is that there's no need for government. There really isn't. And now I know that sounds radical to some people. How the heck would we deal without government? But, um, and it sounds like, well, that's anarchy, but anarchy is not chaos. Governments create chaos. Anarchy is natural law. And if you look historically, governments are responsible for the vast majority, vast majority of all uh, death, suffering, and every uh, every atrocious thing that you know has happened historically. So uh, 
we need to go back to what are, you know, I'll, I'll relate this to the U.S. Uh, the U.S., um, you know, the founding fathers, there were some good folks there. They weren't all white supremacist, you know, uh, horrible people like, uh, you know, like the communists are trying to convince us right now. Uh, they, they spoke on this very often and they said, well, if we have government every seven years is Thomas Jefferson, what you're going to have to do is uh, probably go in and throw the bums out and it's probably going to take some bloodshed. So my question is, why the heck do we allow something to form and evolve that we know is just going to torture us to the point where we have to go in and shed blood to get rid of in the first place? Uh, Right now, we're creating a little prototype here, just a little microcosm of what we feel could be. People are congregating. We're growing things. We're making things out of what we grow. There's people, uh, you know, in the in the area that have other skills, and we're all coming together. If um, you know, we've actually had situations like this locally where I live. If there's something that happens to the road or a bridge, we all pitch in, you know, some money and effort and everything, and we fix it ourselves. And it happens way quicker. It does it. You know, it happens in the way we want it. We don't have to go sit in on, you know, some meeting with bureaucrats where they're going to procrastinate and raise our taxes. And so for God's sake, people, you know, I think David Icke says it best. Um, you know, it's time for humanity to get up off of their knees. You know, it's time for us to govern ourselves and it's time for us to control our own destiny. We don't need anybody else to do that for us. And I think... As soon as people, unfortunately, suffer a little bit more pain here, and that's what's coming right now, and that's not to end this on a somber note, it's, you know, it's very positive and everything in alignment with what we're saying, um, entering into this winter and the following year, we're going to see a lot of stuff go down. And people have already made their choice. Some people have chosen to get certain medical procedures. A lot of those people are not going to make it. They will not. And, um, and, and the evidence is already in. There are the real things that are happening in the economic system. So some of us have been preparing for a long time. And, um, you know, that's not to say better or worse, but it doesn't happen overnight. So I think my final word would be a little cautionary note to folks. It's not time to ride the fence. In fact, you are not going to be allowed to ride the fence. You're going to have to make a choice. And some of us who have made that choice a long time ago, uh, God bless you. You know, we are here to support you to do uh, anything we can within our power to help on any level. But if you try to encroach in our affairs, you know, then that's where the old martial arts comes in, you know, where, you know, we, you know, I did full contact fighting for many years and you know, the, the sensei is always saying, loose tight, loose tight. You know, you just got to be kind of relaxed and loosey-goosey and peripheral vision. And, and, you know, but then as soon as something happens, you know, you're there with laser precision and you don't mess around. So that's a mastery that we're all learning. That's why martial arts have great practical application. And that's why outer experiences now are giving that kind of training to us all, whether we like it or not. That's what we signed up for, believe it or not. And so we're entering into the best of times, but it's not time for the meek of heart at all either.
Go ahead, Dr. E. Do you want to give us some? Uh, well, I just um, I just have so much gratitude. Every time I talk with Dr. Bear, I feel like, oh, I hope I'm as fat as and awesome as him <laughs> in 30 or 40 years. You know, like I often feel like when I talk with Dr. Bear, that it's like me having the beautiful opportunity to time travel in the future. Like I'm on the same path. And if I could have a few more decades of extra experience and wisdom, like, oh, wow, I do get to time travel. I just love and treasure every opportunity to chat with both you because it just feels like soul family reunion um final words of wisdom i i don't know i just want to tell you guys you're doing great you know so many of us that are on a journey of personal and spiritual growth we're always like oh what more could i be doing it's like relax come back to your center is simultaneously so intense out there and actually it's very simple that all this stuff is forcing us to hold our center and to tune in deeply because if you listen to the external experts out there, right? So many of us have followed authors and speakers and coaches and inspirational leaders, and then they all got psyop up too. So, so there's, there's that, that's, we're having to clean up all the things in our lives that is just not reliable and not sustainable. Well, what is true and sustainable is going deeply within, doing your inner work, and then being part of the solution. The whole old system is totally, the house of cards is already falling, you know? So like, let's not cry over the sinking ship already. You know, we really do need all hands on deck right now with building the new solutions. The good news is in contrast, the new solutions are so rich, so beautiful, so soulful when you're in communities with people like Matt and Dr. Bear and Mike Winner. I love him so much. If he's listening right now, shout out to Mike Winner. You know, like people in this kind of community, they enrich your soul. They inspire you to keep going. People that have done their inner work and this magic and synchronicity and almost telepathic kind of collaboration that's possible. When you've tasted it, you would never want to go back to the old paradigm. The same with our children when we're with this homeschooling and unschooling. Once you've stepped into this life, you're like, I can't believe I bought into that schooly paradigm. I can't believe I didn't exit that old paradigm sooner. So it's a really beautiful time to be alive right now with all the transformation and the possibility of reinventing everything. And I believe those of us that are listening to this podcast, we came here for this to be part of the solution. And I wanna thank you guys and honor you so much for your beauty, your courage and your badassery. And it's a big honor to share this hour with you. Oh, well, I appreciate you guys both very much. And Dr. E, when you're chatting there, it kind of made me think of the analogy when someone who's you know, really, um, like ill, maybe they're really overweight or they get really sick. They make this decision. Those who, who, who do it and they make this decision say, I'm never going to do that again. And they change their life and it becomes their way of being. And it takes this um, great amount of contrast or pain. And it feels like many of these people are going to get, get more and more and more pain. And there's going to be a certain, certain percentage to say, no more. I'm totally going to, and they don't look back. You know, they don't look back and that's a very powerful thing to shift. It's hard to make people do it when everything is cozy and good, but then there comes a point where it's one thing after another, they make that decision and they're open to this new way of being. And that's going to be the force that we all use to respond to what's going on. And just to 
you know, remind everybody, you know, if it is frightening out there, we have all the capabilities. If we're aware of what's going on and we see it and it feels like you're alone and, and no one's listening, that powerful force is coming. You know what I mean? It will happen because the more you push and push and push, it's just the same thing in martial arts. If, if you don't give that person or, you know, you, you'll trap a little, I don't know, Wolverine. If you don't give them an exit, eventually you're going to get smoked. You know what I mean? Then alone a thousand Wolverines, they're just asked to be left to go to live harmoniously in alignment with nature. And nature is cooperative with that too. You have, you know, nature, God, the universe on that side of life, because life doesn't go around trying to encroach on everything else or parasite on everything else. It wants to be cooperative and we're having this opportunity to respond as a humanity, which I think is necessary. It's uh, the old paradigm. If you understood it, which, you know, you guys probably did. And I know Dr. Bear has a lot of interesting stories about that old world system. There was a lot of stuff that needed to be repaired. And this is now affecting everyone on the planet so that when we make this new decision as a humanity, we can clean up all the other stuff and all those other hidden places that we didn't want to look. And we can do it quickly as a unit saying, hey, everybody see this? This can't be, you know, what's the solution? Boom. And we just work together cohesively. So uh, I just appreciate you both for all your work and, and everything that you guys do. Um, hopefully we'll do lots more of these. I always feel better chatting to you. And sometimes I send the emails, like, I'm super depressed. I need to talk to you guys <laughs> too intense over here so i love you both i appreciate you and i invite uh, everyone to check out uh, both of your work and to follow you guys and just stay connected so thanks uh thanks so much and we'll do this again thanks matt love you guys a lot this is fun thank you love you too see you guys see everyone there you are, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Dr. E and Dr. Bear Paul Lando. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share the absolute crap out of it. Leave a review, leave likes, you know, share my stuff wherever you can. Support the show however you can because Canada has announced full tyranny on the people with the Emergencies Act with no uh, no reason to do so. They just absolutely did it. So we're in, a, we're in a situation over in Canada. But what it has done is it's put Canada on notice. It's put the world on notice. It's uh, done a number of things. So. So, um, yes, it looks rough, but it's actually a good thing in the long run and peace and the Lord and God and the creator and spirit and goodness will rise. Light will always conquer the darkness. And that's what we're in for right now. So it's intense, but never lose the hope because millions of people are looking for solutions to respond to what is happening uh, in my hometown and around the world. It's not the only place. So and if you're in a state of freedom, then you know what's coming your way because this is global what they're trying to do. So just, act, you know. Uh, snuff it out wherever you see it or, or call it out wherever you see it you know just speak the truth and be brave and be courageous uh, support the show however you can and uh that's it so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we wrap this up wherever you are in the world stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment enthusiasm faith and courage and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode <laughs>